Chapter 9 of Stories of Enchantment. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Bell. Stories of Enchantment by Jane Penser Myers. Chapter 9 The King Will Hunt Today. This story was told by an Indian mother to her children, while the wind whirled and twisted the snow into great heaps against the walls of the teepee. This that I will tell you happened many years ago, before the white man was here. And when the red man owned all the vast prairies and deep woods, the great lakes and broad rivers of this land, the red man ruled over every living animal, save the great bear, who dwelt in the dim vastness of the forest and the gaunt wolves who submitted to the rule of a king strong and terrible. One winter the frost came early, the rivers were frozen solid, the snow covered the nuts under the trees and the roots that were eatable, the animals sought their dens and burrows, and the earth slept the death sleep. All living things suffered, the red men most of all. There was fasting and sorrow in all the teepees, in all save one where lived the wolf-maiden and her mother. Their teepee was warm and bright, warm with the furs of animals, bright with the light of great dry logs blazing on the fire. The daughter was plump and rosy, for she had plenty of food, but the mother was thin and pale, and sat all day with her face hidden on her knees in the corner of the teepee. Every night the daughter called the mother to come with her, and the mother followed, trembling not daring to disobey. Those who watched them saw them disappear in the starlight across the wide snow-covered prairie, taking the direction of the ravine, where were the dens of the wolf king and his old wolf mother. They would return heavily laden with meat and furs, and frequently the mother bent under a great load of logs. Often, when the children of the village, hollow-eyed and pale, would come near the teepee, scenting the fragrance of the broiling meat, the maiden would snatch from the fire a portion and offer it to the little ones. But it was rejected with horror, for the mothers had told the children that the meat was bewitched, and if they ate of it, they would be turned into wolves. The wolf maiden was looked upon with fear, for it was said that in the long summer evenings she had been seen playing and romping with the old wolf mother and the young wolf king, while her Indian mother from a distant hill watched her and wrung her hands for fear. So all the girls of the tribe shunned her, and the young men feared her greatly. Now the winter waxed colder and fiercer, and cruel hunger dwelt in each teepee. Many little ones died, for there was no food for them, and there was mourning in the village. The wolf maiden's heart was filled with pity. She went to the mothers and offered them meat for the children. When they drew back, she said, is it not better to give this to the children than to see them die? Do not I eat it? And am I a wolf? Then her face grew red as the sky when the sun bids it good night. The mothers finally accepted the meat, although with many a smothered curse for the giver. The children grew strong and rosy again, and the parents watched them anxiously to see if claws or fur would appear on them. But the wolf king and his subjects grew weary with the toil of supplying so many with food, and in sulky silence 
they retired to their dens and slept the time away. Then, when the wolf maiden had gone to his den and had called the king to come with her without avail, she sought the old mother wolf, and she said, O mother, dost thou not care that thy child lacks food? And see, my lazy brother will not hunt for me. And the wolf mother said, Daughter, I know well that it is not for thyself thou demandest food, but for the hapless beings among whom thou dost dwell. What is it to me that they starve? Have they not taken thee from me? And dost thou not blush when thou rememberest that thou wast once a wolf? Not so, answered the maid. I blush rather for the cruel heart that a wolfskin can cover. Give me now my wolfskin robe. I will find food for those helpless little ones. Then, hastily snatching the robe, she flung it over her shoulder and she was changed into a wolf. And speeding away across the snow, she was quickly lost to the view in the distance. Then the old wolf mother sprang to the door of her cave and sent a cry of alarm and anguish up the valley. It entered the door of the wolf king's den and awoke the sleeping monarch. He ran with great leaps down the valley to his mother's home. She quickly told him her story and bemoaned her own and her son's selfishness. Thy sister will die, will die, and I, her mother, have sent her to her death. She is all unused to the hunt. She will perish alone in the bitter cold. Follow her, bring her back. Then the king ran swiftly down the valley, giving the hunting call as he ran, and all the wolves of the pack awoke and called to each other, The king will hunt today! And there was a gathering and mustering of the strong ones of the tribe, and the king said, Come, follow, follow quickly, we are on the track of a wolf. And warn ye all, let no one harm the stranger should we meet with it, for it is my royal sister returned to us once more. Now the wolf maiden ran long and far over the dim snow-covered plain but found nothing, for she was unused to the hunt and knew not how to track or to follow. Presently she drew near the great black forest wherein dwelt the bear king. But this she did not heed, for just on the edge of the forest an antelope started up from the long high grass and brush and sprang away among the great trees. The wolf maiden followed closely on its trail, she did not see the wicked eyes, cruel claws, or gleaming teeth above her. Just as she sprang on the antelope, a blow from the great bear's paw struck her down. She sprang to her feet, all the royal blood in her body aroused by the blow, but who could strive against that terrible arm? Suddenly through the forest rang the royal hunting call of the wolf king, and the great bear turned to face as cruel a fate as he had planned for the wolf maiden. Then came the combat. Terrible blows were given and taken, growls and snarls of rage, the wild joy and glow of the battle. The wolf maiden, forgetting all but her wolf nature, joined in the struggle and helped to drag the monster to the ground. And when the battle was over and the bear was dead, the pack withdrew to a respectful distance and formed a circle around the dead bear and antelope. They watched the wolf king and his sister divide the spoil a large portion for the helpless children, a smaller portion for their mother and themselves. And when they were served, the wolves closed in around the carcasses and left scarcely the bones. The wolf maiden returned no more to the Indian village. Retaining her wolf form, she abode with her own mother. But all through the cold of the terrible winter, 
the wolves brought down the game and supplied the wants of the children. And when the winter was gone, and the birds sang on the ridgepoles of the teepees, the wolf king, his mother, sister, and tribe removed far to the Northland. Ever after, the wolf was venerated in the tribe and was chosen as their totem. End of chapter 9 Recording by John Bell